You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest coming at us from Canada, of all places, uh, Francois Lapierre. I hope I didn't butcher that, but... No, good job. <laughs> doing my best here, trying to learn. And uh, Francois, we're going to talk about uh, his experience. He owns multifamily real estate and other real estate in both Canada and the United States. And we're going to talk about his experience investing in Canada. What are some of the differences between Canada and the U.S. and which ones he likes better? Uh, so we'll get into a nice conversation here and uh, really excited. He also is the host of uh, the Wine and Real Estate Podcast, too, uh, which uh, you'll probably see me on in the near future as well. So really excited and looking forward to that. Um, so, Francois, great to have you and uh, looking forward to hearing your story. Yes, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. And I'm glad to be uh, invited on an American podcast. I've done kind of the Canadian circuit, so... <laughs> why not expand and my real estate is going in the same direction so it's great um so i guess you want to know about how i got started or yes that'd be great okay so canada just like the usa i'm sure uh being a dad with two kids and, and my wife uh like just one income is not enough now to pay bills even two working parents is not enough the cost of living has gone up so much in canada that we, my wife and I were looking for a solution to supplement our income. And we thought about real estate investing. Uh, and I don't know if you keep an eye on the Canadian market, but things have appreciated enormously in the past few years. Uh, some places, properties tripled in value in like two years. So uh, it's just insane. So that's kind of why we began with just like one small condo. And then we got into duplexes, triplexes, fourplex, fiveplex, sixplex, and then bigger from there. So uh, just because of economies of scale and uh, the income that it generates. So uh, Canada, like the U.S., there are some provinces here that are more landlord friendly and some are more tenant friendly. Just like in the U.S., I know um, California is quite stringent. Anyway. So you were asking earlier as well, uh, before we came on live, why I looked at the U.S., because I ran out of provinces to invest in. So <laughs> that's kind of why, because uh, in Canada, most provinces are quite restrictive with tenant laws. Uh, if you have a tenant, especially a bad tenant that moves in, you're stuck with them for a long time. It's, it's a very hard process. Um, so that's why I looked at some nice American states where you can do business and uh, make some money out of this. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Like, you know, if it, let's say a tenant stopped paying, it's, you know, they're, they have, a, you have a lease, you have, I'm assuming you have lease agreements that are yes. very similar to United States, you know, yearly leases agreements. So they're one month in, they stop paying, not answering the phone. What do you do? You file an eviction, same type yes. of process. Oh. Yeah, you have to file a, like it depends on the province. So the province of Ontario, where I am, is one of the toughest ones. There's Quebec that's even tougher. But Ontario, if you have to file, a, well, notify them, then they have 14 days to pay or not. 
then you have to go through the process. There's the landlord and tenant board. It's like a court designed just for landlords and tenants, which shows there's a major problem. There's a whole court system for uh, Ontario. The population is about 15 million people. So it's not a, a very big province, but it is the biggest one in Canada. Um, and there you go and you have to file. It could be months or years before you can get the person out, even if they don't pay. So it's a really bad process and there's no damage deposit. Uh, I mean, it's it's just a tough thing. Like they can trash the place, not pay and actually sue you. So yeah, anyway, I'm not painting a nice picture of Ontario, but for that, it, it makes a lot of investors look at the US and other places to invest. So Canadians in general are massively investing outside of the country now. And you own some properties in the United States. Where do you own? And I guess, why did you buy them? And what's your experience? Yes. So, so far it's fairly small. I have uh, two single family homes in Detroit, Michigan, and I saw a huge opportunity with Detroit, uh, the gentrification that's happening and the laws. I mean, they are a bit tougher than some states, but it's not like Ontario tenants that don't pay uh, can be evicted. It's, it is possible. <laughs> and the appreciation that's happening, the forced appreciation is great. Uh, the other thing I liked about uh, Detroit is I know the exchange rate might not seem favorable because if you look at the Canadian dollar, it's it's um, like 24%, 25% difference between the Canadian dollar and the US dollar. But a house you buy in the US at 250000 the same in Canada would be close to a million dollars. So that's it's a big transition and you can command a very good rent. And you guys have Section 8, something we don't have in Canada, uh, which is, a, to me, it seems like a great program. And it's, it's working well with my tenants in uh, Michigan. And in Florida, it's vacation homes for now. But I do want to learn about multifamily in, uh, in Florida. Excellent. And, and can you talk to us about the process of, um, you know, in Canada, is it the same process you get? I'm assuming you have mortgages on some of these properties. Yes. You go to the, whatever, your local lender, you get a mortgage. What, what, what are like the interest rate differences compared to the U.S.? Um, you know, obviously you mentioned the dollar uh, difference, uh, currency difference, at least right now um, between the two countries. So like, you know, and then is Michigan, you know, Michigan's, I guess that it's kind of close to the Canadian border. Is that Oh yeah, you can you can yeah. drive. Well, in normal times, you can drive to Michigan. A lot of Canadians have family on both sides of the border. There, it's very integrated. So uh, that's one of the reasons I did like investing there. It's very close. Well, from where I am, it's like a nine-hour drive. But I am closer to New York State rather than Michigan uh, in Ontario, where I am. But yeah, the the financing is very similar in the US for multifamily. For single family homes though, you guys have a huge advantage or maybe it's for foreigners, uh, but it's more the, the property that qualifies, which in Canada, that's, that's um, commercial lending really, it's not asset-based. In Canada, you need to qualify with your income and your cap that probably 10 houses, that's it, you can't buy more, you have to go commercial. Uh, well, being a can Canadian investing in the U.S., you can get tons of lending. It's incredible. It's like free money. 
And a lot of Canadian banks are in the US. So the Toronto Dominion Bank is all over America. Royal Bank of Canada is all over the US, Scotiabank and a few others. There's even Desjardins, a credit union in Florida. So again, as a Canadian, we're not starting from scratch when we go in the US. Um, we don't have credit, but many of our lenders can find our credit in Canada. So sometimes you can play both cards. Okay, I'm Canadian buying in the US and you get more lending. Or sometimes you say, oh no, I don't want to work with Canadian banks. And then you can start with a blank slate and and get some great loans. Uh, interest rates are much higher in your country, uh, more around the 5% from what I've been quoted for between four and five. In Canada, we're looking more at two to 3%. So it does make a difference, but the cash flow in the US is, is much higher because acquisition costs are far lower. So it's, yeah, it depends what you're looking for. Yeah, no, that's, that's very interesting. Um... And in, in terms of growing and scaling, are, are there any, you know, LLCs that you have to set up that you could do business in the United States or can you yes. invest as an individual? How does that, I know there's some people talk about different, uh, you know, legal structures to invest in the United States from different countries. What, what do you use? particularly? Yeah. So for Canadians, um, Something that's quite foreign is people suing each other. <laughs> We're not used to that. It's very uncommon. If someone slips and falls, usually it goes under your insurance and you never hear about it. But I know in the US, it's a lot more common. People can sue you for many things. So what we want, you can invest as an individual. So I could go and just buy a house in my name in Florida, but then I would get sued personally as well. So if someone sues me, they have access to all my portfolio in the US, which I don't want. So we're advised to open an LLC and an LP, so limited partnership that owns the property. So it's really distancing us from the property. And usually it's also Canadian corporation that owns all of these US entities. So there's quite a bit of uh, space. If you get sued, it kind of stops at the border. <laughs> Nothing can happen. And for taxation, uh, because I'm dealing with the IRS in the US and Canada Revenue Agency in Canada. So uh, you want those all those corporations to, to mitigate some of the income tax and, and liability. Right. That makes sense. And yeah, I'm assuming you're not paying Canadian income taxes on the revenue that you receive in the US. Is that the way it works or... No, we do. So let's yep. say the I, I don't know the rates, but let's say the IRS is 20% and Canada is 25%. We'll pay 20% in the States and 5% in Canada. There That's is a tax treaty. Yeah, yeah, there's just a difference. So whatever else Canada was charging, they get. So it's not double taxation. It's just as if I own the property in Canada. That's how much I would pay. Well, that's what they make us pay. Uh, but where it hurts is the capital gains. So the 1031 exchange, I can't use as a Canadian because in the States, I'll get the credit. But in Canada, they're going to charge me on capital gains that I don't really have in a way. Well, I do, but I don't in the States. So that's kind of a, a gray area, let's just say, <laughs> where you need a, a solid, um, solid plan if you're selling 
or be willing to pay the CRA um, what they're owed. So, got it. Very interesting. So, if you had to pick one country versus the other, which is the more more favorable to invest in in real estate? It's hard. It's that's a hard question because in Canada it's harder to get loans. Uh, but appreciation is much higher. So properties go up and up. It's uh, it's kind of insane. Do rents While in go the US, rents do go up and depending where it is. So a lot of places rents are going up, prices as well. But so are property taxes and expenses. So you're getting an appreciating asset, which is good because inflation is eating away at income and things, buying power. In the US, I find appreciation is lower but then the cash flow is higher. So I think you need a bit of both. It needs to be a balanced portfolio. Uh, that's why I have like vacation rentals for higher cash flow, multifamily for long-term wealth creation. Uh, it's the same in Canada. I have some cottages, so that's higher cash flow. And then long-term uh, multifamily properties for long-term wealth building and less risky to. Um, but like tourism and things, it's it's not affected. People need a place to live even during COVID. So, yeah, and uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the inflation um, in Canada. Obviously, we're seeing it in the United States, and is the I, I haven't really checked so much on what's going on in Canada. Is the inflation rate? I think right now, you know, the reported is like six and a half percent, close to seven percent, and. That's not even an accurate number. I think it's much higher because they left out a lot of things. Yeah. Um, is, is it running pretty much the same course as the U.S. or is it is it running even if it, even more? And do you think it's sustainable? And, you know, like you said, if all the expenses are going up, real estate is a good hedge against it. But at some point, people aren't going to be able to afford things. So, yeah, um, you know, where does that, you know, balance start to end up you know leveling off a little bit especially if you're talking about two to three percent interest rates in canada i'm not sure what the you know uh central banks are chart you know what their floor rate is or whatever um i'm just curious your your thoughts on that yeah no i think the central bank is at 0.25 almost zero <laughs> it's been there for years um it is supposed to go up we've been told it's going up six times in the next few months so we'll see. Uh, but this could destroy the entire Canadian economy. So not sure <laughs> they're going to do it for very little. Uh, inflation, I think it, I read it's a bit lower than what you're experiencing. We're more at four or five. But again, I think just like you, many things were left out. I think where it hurts the most here is actually food, which doesn't affect housing, but food is costing I think a Canadian family on average $1,000 more than last year, which is a huge increase. Usually uh, newspapers write about it when it's $100 or $200 more. This year is $1,000 more. So because we're very dependent, I mean, during winter, we don't grow much fruit or vegetables here. So it's everything's imported. Um, yeah, so it is hurting the tenants and everybody. Uh, but wages are going up as well. So minimum wage has been raised in many provinces. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case in the U.S., but here it has helped increase the, um, the money the tenants have to spend. And here we have a huge shortage of staffing. So unemployment is extremely low. 
Uh, where I live, there's probably five jobs for each person. So you could work night and day. If you want to work, you're going to work. <laughs> uh, so it does affect the economy. Um, but I think long term, it's not sustainable. Something has to happen. The government has been printing billions. Um, and the money, I mean, it, the like the the GDP hasn't gone up. So something's going to happen. So yeah yeah that's why i'm buying more and more real estate in different countries so if the canadian economy tanks i'm a bit uh saved us i'm also uh, investing in costa rica and i'm looking at europe right now and diversity of currency is is important as an investor yeah no that's it's very unique you know you have a unique approach and a unique perspective because you're you're living in different country um, outside of the us and yeah um very 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 interesting so um, how can my audience find you, learn more about you? I obviously have your podcast. Um, what's the best way for my audience to reach you? Yeah, I used to have a beautiful Instagram account that was hacked. So now you can find me on LinkedIn. If you look up my name, Francois Lantier, uh, or my company, FL Homes Corporation. So it really means Lantier family, which is because it's my wife and kids. Uh, and you can find me as well on Facebook. Um, and I have a YouTube channel and like you said, my podcast. So that's it's probably the best way. Or you can email me at flhomescorp at gmail.com. Excellent. And we'll have a link to Francois, um, you know, social media uh, accounts that he just mentioned, you know, LinkedIn, et cetera, his website and his podcast on the iTunes description and also on our social media platforms as well. So feel free to reach out to him. You know, definitely a good resource if you're considering out-of-country investments and whatnot. And uh, really excited to have him here and really appreciate his time. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would help our message get out to a greater audience. So really appreciate that. And again, really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.